Welcome to the A Very Full Plate podcast, where we're all about food, wellness, and parenting in the real world. If you have a very full plate but still want to live the healthiest life possible, you've come to the right place. Every week, Amy and Emily are breaking down different strategies for raising a healthy family, often with the help of awesome guest experts. Want to hear more from Amy, our resident natural foods chef? You can find her at Cooking with a Full Plate. Want to hear more from Emily, our expert personal organizer? Find her at Hall Harmony Homes. Hey everyone, it's me, Amy, and I'm so excited to be here today with Katie Fleming of 1kmom.com. Katie is so awesome. She also hosts a podcast called Ambitious Motherhood. And if that's not someone that we need to have on the A Very Full Plate podcast, I don't know who is. Katie is specifically focused on helping moms build a business that supports their family and fulfills their dreams and all those kinds of things. And I'm really excited to have this discussion today around decluttering your mind as part of our decluttering month, because I think the exact same things that work for moms who are looking to make space to build a business work for busy parents who are looking to incorporate more health and wellness into their lives. So that's what we're going to be discussing here today. Katie, thanks for being on. Amy, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be Yes, I am thrilled to have this chat today. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, what your family looks like before we dive into some of these decluttering your mind topics? For sure. So I'm Katie. I'm married to James, our, my high school sweetheart. Um, I stalked him in high school and he realized that I was a pretty good catch in that. <laughs> so uh, we have two daughters. We live in Jacksonville, Florida. So we're in that North Florida area. Um, and life looks great. So like I run a business, we have multiple businesses. My husband and I run between the two of us. So life is busy for sure. Um, and this whole concept of decluttering your mind is one that I'm super passionate about. Um, because I get the question a lot, how are you able to juggle being a mom, being a business owner, being a whatever? Um, and how are you able to do it looking like we semi have it together? And the key is we don't have it together. We just have tools in place to help us prioritize what matters most. Absolutely. I love that. I think this idea of prioritization has been so key to me as I look to live a life of wellness and also show up as a great mom, whatever that might look like on a day-to-day basis. It sometimes changes, right? And then to grow a business as well, this idea of getting out of your mind and getting into action where you have like your priorities in order has been such an important tool. And I think that you have a lot you can share with us here today. So this might be a question that a lot of folks can answer for themselves, but I'm curious just as a starting point, how do we even know if our mind is cluttered versus just like that's life, get on with it? Yeah. Yeah. I love this question. Um, I think we all show different signs for what a decluttered mind looks like, and we all have our different triggers or different, um, you know, maybe for some that ends up coming out as snapping at your kids or anger at your husband, or you being overly, um, sensitive to the way your husband's loading the dishwasher. Anybody else? Like, (laughs) Those little things that just get on your nerves. That's a trigger for me. That's a sign for me that I haven't done enough of a a good job up front on um, taming my mind. Um, So a lot of times I think it seems like everything's a big deal and we can't seem to see how we can get things done. We're stressed out by that. Um, And 
have you ever like felt like, Amy, maybe you can, you can attest to this, but have you ever felt like the sky is falling? There's no way you're coming out of this until you end up vocalizing it and telling your husband and you're like, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. Like there are solutions. I just needed to say it. A hundred percent. I think I call this for me, I call it cycling on something where I'm just going like round and round in my head on the same thing. And I'm not even almost trying to come up with any solutions because I've already convinced myself that there aren't any solutions. Yeah. Yeah. And vocalizing it, getting it out on paper. That's why I'm such a big fan of the whole brain dump process because it forces us to get it out of our head and into one place. Um, and you know, that's the, kind of might be getting ahead of myself here, but like whenever you have a a to-do, a task, put it in one central location so that you can have it there to process it later without judgment. You know? I love this. Okay. I I like getting ahead of ourselves because I think getting straight to solutions, like you listeners probably already know if your mind is cluttered, probably if you're a parent who's trying to do all the things, which is most of us, then you have this problem, right? And maybe you've already come up with your own solutions, but let's talk about this one that has worked for you, Katie. So walk me through what this looks like. Can you give me like an example of something that might be going on in your head and what you do next to get out of that cycling process? Yeah. Yeah. So let's say I'm packing lunches and I realize I just used the last snack bag. So maybe you have a list on your fridge that you put stuff like that. But for me, that kind of stuff goes in one place. It's called my brain dump list and it's in my phone. It can be an an Evernote note, which is what I started with. It can be the note app in your phone. Um, And now I personally use ClickUp, which I might be switching back to Evernote because it's a little funky sometimes. (laughs) But basically, you just want one place where you put all these thoughts. I also put, oh, got to pick up that prescription or... Uh, my husband's doctor just called. I needed to go do this or Ashley furniture is delivering a couch cushion for the third time on this day. And I'm not actively in front of my calendar or I'm not actively in front of amazon.com or I, even if I am on my computer, I don't want to distract myself from what I'm currently doing. And it was just, I realized that we constantly are tasks. So we're losing a ton of time in this whole like, okay, I'm going to go buy something from Amazon. Now I've got to go schedule that appointment. And then I've got to hop on a podcast interview and we end up just doing a ton of things, but not actually gaining any traction on any one thing. And that definitely adds to the whole frazzled mind. Oh my gosh. You are speaking to me so hard right now because I know that feeling where I'm like, I'm going to get everything done. And then I try and do everything and I'm multitasking and I have 25 tabs open on my computer. And then at the end of the day, I have been so busy and I haven't accomplished anything. Yes. Let's talk about those tabs for a second. I am like the (laughs) worst offender um, to the point where my husband, he'd like turn on Netflix on the computer. Uh, which one can I close? There's like 50. <laughs> and I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, even if I'm not done with that tab, it's still going to be there. I can pull it up tomorrow. There's just something about closing them out now um, so that I end the day with a clear browser. <laughs> you know what? I think that's such a good metaphor for our brains too. So the process that you're talking about is something I first learned from David Allen in the Getting Things Done book, which is like, if you are a productivity person, that's like the Bible of productivity. Like he's the original. And um, the thing that stood out to me most about what you're, the process you're talking about and what he shares in the book is like, if you don't get things out of your brain and down onto paper, you are taking up uh, precious real estate 
trying to remember them. And I think we've all had those things that like, you're like, oh, I ran out of snack bags. Amy, remember snack bags. And then an hour later, when you're still not in front of your computer and not able to order them, you're like, Amy, remember snack bags. And then you're in front of your computer later and you're doing a hundred other things and you've forgotten the snack bags. And then tomorrow you do the same thing all over again. Right. And it's really, frankly, just a waste of time, but maybe even more importantly, it's a waste of brain space, which I don't know about you, but I don't have any extra brain space to spare. Certainly not for snack bags that don't end up getting ordered for a month. No. And, and that's like, it's a category in my brain dump is to buy like things to buy because I'd rather prioritize my Amazon shopping or scheduling my grocery grocery delivery through Walmart. I'd rather chunk that all into one time when I'm actually on the Walmart grocery app adding things to my list. Mm-hmm. This is so funny because this is something my husband and I used to not fight about, but it was like a point of contention amongst us is like we'd be say on a road trip and I'd be like, we really got to look at our mortgage or something. And he's like, can you please stop asking me about things that we can't do anything about right now? Because then we'd keep having the same conversation over and over again. And that was a real aha aha moment for me to say, Amy, this is something you're worried about. You want to have a conversation about it. Pick the time where there's like actual action to take instead of cycling together on the topic. That's and then having to remember again, right? Um, so I, re- I actually really appreciated that feedback once I, you know, got over being upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't do that. So tell me about the logistics of your list. I heard you say that you have sections. Do you have different um, categories within Evernote? How do you organize it so that we can think about how we can start to get this in place for ourselves? Yeah. So when it comes to the brain dump list that you're collecting throughout the week as things come up, and I'm talking everything, like your friend tells you to listen to this podcast. Amy tells you on social to listen to this podcast. You either, you might be going right there and listening to it, but are you probably not? So are you saving that for later to remind yourself to do cool things? So I put everything on that list, even things I think I should do, even things a podcast told me to do. Um, and I think it's good for us to get into this habit because it allows us to filter, filter what actually is going to drive my business forward. What's actually going to be the best purchase, be the best way to treat my finances. Maybe you're impulse buying every time you think of something cool to get on Amazon and that's not wise. So it's just a great way to make sure you're, um, prioritizing what matters most to you, whether that's business time, resources, whatever. Mm-hmm. So after that, weekly, I set up a specific day. For me, it's Sunday evenings, some Sunday nap time when the girls are asleep, whatever it is. It's definitely at least an hour where I sit down with my calendar, I plan out the week, um, and I brain dump. And it originally started as, started as me writing, but now I just it's, it's so there on the tech stuff already that I just am copying and pasting and doing that kind of thing. But I start to, um, with ClickUp, that's the software I use, I have categories created. So it's like almost like Trello, if your listeners are familiar with that, where you, I just put them in different buckets. Okay. And the main, the main one is priority. So what are those 10 things that I've got to get done this week? Um, business, life, I chunk it all together because that's the way my life runs. Sure. <laughs> I have to. And I could see how like if someone is a parent who goes into an office to work, that that might be a separate category. And as I'm thinking about my life, I have sort of like house, like things to keep the house and the family running. I would have business, which is I try to have like separate time where I run that. So it actually makes sense to have it separate. And then for me, I have like health and wellness, which might include meal prepping some things at the beginning of the week, um, 
It might include like looking into a new thing that I heard about and learning more about that. And it most definitely involves scheduling my workout time. I take my kid to the gym and he stays in childcare. It most definitely schedules that or involves scheduling that and figuring out where that fits into my life. Because to me, that's a priority, right? And it's similar to everything else. If you don't schedule it, it's not going to happen by accident. Yeah. Healthy meals don't happen by accident. Building a business doesn't happen by accident, right? Yeah. Yeah. My good friend showed me that her process of having like weekly rhythms and for her meal prepping, scheduling, workouts, those kind of things fit into those rhythms. Mm. So this is the stuff that is kind of beyond that. Um, And my categories would be priority. So then there's another one that's ideal. These are the things that would be lovely to get done, but most likely they won't. Or they might not. Um, Households. So they're like aspirational ones. Like I'm not going to feel bad if they don't get done, but I'm going to feel really good if they do. Right. And it's almost, it probably is an unnecessary category. But for me, I like, I'm an overachiever who wants to feel like she's an overachiever. I don't really know. But like these things, the ideal, they end up being on another category, which is called back burner. They're ones I think are important, but they end up really not being. And for some reason, like me putting them through this little pass through makes me feel better. I don't know. You know what I do like about it though, is I'm definitely of the mind that I I set way too many goals per day. And then I feel bad at the end. Even if I accomplish 10 things, I feel bad I didn't accomplish all 20. And so I love this idea of saying, these are the, for me in my business, it's like one thing per day can happen. We have this interview today. That's, that's it. That's all that can happen. Right. And so aspirational would be like, It'd also be really cool if I edited the podcast and had it ready to go out, right? Probably not going to happen, but it's, I think it's another great example of getting things out of your head and onto paper. So I actually, I, I think I will use that. I like the aspirational too. So you have yeah. priority, aspirational. Yeah. And I think it's good. I'm just going to add a little bit to yeah. this, but in terms of like for this week, this is currently as we're recording this spring break and I mean... I could have lost my mind having the girls home all day and having this that got, had to get done. But like the minimums, it was this interview, it was coaching calls and it was making sure my clients were taken care of. And if that is done, then we're good. The yes. floors aren't getting mopped today. Stuff like that's not <laughs> happening. And, but I think it helps for our confidence too. And if I do end up getting some of those ideal things done, then awesome. Cool. Yeah. I love the confidence point. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So priority, ideal. Um, I have another category called admin and I like to, I don't know if you're like this, but I personally have to be in the right frame of mind to call the doctor's office or to do the bookkeeping or do whatever the admin task is. So I do like to chunk those together and block them. So I, I add that as a category so that, you know, as I'm driving to school, I can make that phone call or, um, you know, Friday when I am in that admin mode, I can just knock them out pretty quickly. I love that idea. I sometimes call that category like when you're in front of your phone or computer, because you know how you have a million things you want to do and then you're suddenly in front of your computer and you can't remember one single one of them. Like for me, it's like that big chunk of like, I'm just going to knock these out right now because I'm sitting here in the waiting room or I'm driving my kids to school or whatever it is and I can make them happen really quickly. I think that goes with the confidence thing too. Like, all right, now they're done. They're not often Uber times. Um, like for months, I had call Roomba on my admin list because I needed to call them to get this replacement thing and yada, yada. And I mean, that's just more annoyance than anything. So I think I was on a road trip when I actually knocked that out because yes. what else you get to do? <laughs> I had the same thing on my list. So I feel you. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, back burner, that is another huge one. Recently I've been getting better about like really throwing things in there, realizing Katie, you don't need to do that. There's Mm. yes. It would be cool if Alexa could, could play your podcast, but just really, let's just not even figure it out right now. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, in the David Allen book, he even talks about like, if you want to go on a trip someday, like it's your dream, then just write that down and get it out of your head and onto paper. Not because you're not going to do anything about it, but you're not going to do anything about it right now. Right. And I I like to have a list, a way that these things can, um, what can you do with these things next? Like a lot of books end up on my list like mm. books to read, mm-hmm. ideas to think about, business ideas. That's the way my mind works. Um, so those things, that's actually an, a category. Ideas, quotes, and what is the other thing that it's called? Ideas, quotes, and books. There it is. Um, <laughs> so these are just like concepts, thoughts, what I want to read, what I want to do. And this ends up making its way onto a different Trello board, or in this case, ClickUp. But I just store it somewhere you could put it anywhere. It could be an Evernote. It could be on the notes in your phone, but just somewhere to get those books out of your head. Like now that you mentioned that David Allen, that's going to go on my list. Cause that sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I think you'll like it. I think you're doing a lot of it already, but it's, it, yeah, exactly. Like, and then when you go to buy a book on your Kindle or check one out from the library, you're not like, Oh man, I'm trying to remember that thing that Katie and Amy talked about. It's just yeah. there for you when you have the time and energy and interest. Yes. But the whole brain dump process for me is like, is a filter. So like if the book is on my filter this week is on my list, I will go to Amazon. I will read reviews. I will see how I feel about it and decide, is this actually something that's going to serve me? And if it does, I'll put it on my to read list. Cool. I love that. Yeah. So what's the result of what's the change that you have personally seen or that you have seen others have as a result of doing this work? Yes. I mean, so for me personally, um, clarity, anytime, anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed or there's not any clarity, it, I, I don't take action. I get overwhelmed. I get bogged down. Um, there's no, there's no movement. So for me, that's been a huge thing that having this clarity, even just this, this little practice that I've kind of put in my week to anchor everything. And that helps with the action part. Um, it was, I, I realized a little bit ago when we, we moved and we had like moving, I had client, like one-on-one client work and my husband had a bunch of stuff going on. Life was crazy, but for some reason I was more productive in getting more of the right things done. And I was like, this is so interesting, but it's because we are forced in those moments to prioritize. We can't afford to have squirrel brain. We can't afford to be chasing 20 different rabbits. We've got to be super focused. And so that's, I think, the biggest thing for me. Yes, that has been my experience too. And I love this idea of clarity and action taking. And I think when I think about health and wellness in particular, I see so often that people get caught up in the details that they're like, well, I need to figure out whether I'm going to be vegan or paleo or keto or all of these things. And so they spend time cycling, to use my earlier word, on that instead of taking real action that can make a difference, like eating a salad for lunch or doing a workout three days a week or whatever it might be. And so I could see how this process that you're talking about could also lead to that, where you're saying like, I'm saying this is important to me. And sure, I can figure out all those details later. Maybe it ends up being important to me to figure out whether I'm going to be one of those things. And that really serves me. But in the right here and right now, this week, if I'm looking at my week in totality, 
I can see that there are like some things I could do right away to move in that direction and not get yeah. stopped up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of times like what you're saying with, with knowing your end result is to get healthier. You teeter back and forth on the methodology or the way, the thing you want to actually take action on. Um, I see this all the time with my clients too, where they, oh, well, I can start, I could do this mini course and I can give that away for free. Or maybe I shouldn't do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Maybe I should make a, a membership site. And we just go back and forth. They go back and forth ideas on who am I selling to? What am I selling them? Yada, yada. Um, day comes down to simplicity. Yes, I want you to capture those ideas, those amazing, brilliant moments you have, all the content, all the ways you want to serve. But if we can focus on selling to one niche, selling one offer, um, and then having that strong, consistent marketing plan, the simplicity, you know, and then the um, kind of just the rhythm to anchor yourself to not squirrel back and forth. And yeah. that's what leads to signing four-figure clients. Yeah. You know, you said something earlier that I think relates to this around like creating a weekly rhythm and that health and wellness would fall into that category. Can you talk to me more about creating these rhythms in your life? This is something I've been really working on and really fascinated by. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on besides like scheduling out your priorities and those kinds of things. There's some things that just have to happen all the time in life and business, right? Like how do you deal with those? Digital photos was like one of those things for me that got out of hand pretty quickly. So that's something I add to my weekly rhythms where I just go through iPhone photos and delete screenshots I don't need, delete, you know, the kid in the backseat taking photos of the road, like that kind of stuff. Um, so that's on my weekly rhythm, meal planning, what we're going to eat for dinner. If I need a batch prep, I do that on Sundays. Um, what else do we do? Like cleaning my purse, cleaning the girls' backpacks, making sure my youngest has diapers in her backpack, anything that needs to prepare us for the week, that's on that list. And that's one thing I just go through. And the gal that shared this with me, um, I think it was episode 61 of my podcast, we walked through her whole process on this and it's, it was amazing. So that's where I kind of adopted this from. So for folks listening, I will link to that in the show notes for this episode, averyfullplate.com slash 51 is where you can find that link to Katie's episode around weekly rhythms. I'm going to go listen to it. I'm going to put it on my brain dump list and then I'm going to schedule a time to do it. I'm going to go listen because I think for me, this has been a real game changer. And I think this is what you were alluding to earlier. You can tell me, let me know if I'm on the right track. That for me, yes, I need to schedule my workouts and see where they are, but I'm not deciding how many I'm doing or um, whether or not they're happening. Like this is a part of my life that always happens. And it's not because yeah. I'm great or because, you know, I have some sort of special life. It's because it is a requirement for my long-term goals. It is a priority to make it happen. And I know, like I have said on the podcast before, I buy other people's workout plans, even though I've been doing workouts forever, because I want someone to tell me what to do exactly when I show up to make the most of that time. So yeah, for me, I know right now that my program is six days a week, the one that I'm using right now. That's a lot. I sometimes have to negotiate, like today I'll do it at home instead of at the gym, which isn't ideal, but I make it work. But I know I need an hour, six days a week to do that. So I'm not making that decision. It's part of my weekly rhythm, but I am, you know, having to shift and change depending on our schedule with the kids exactly where it fits. But I think that that's an important distinction because where you are deciding if you're going to work out and then scheduling it, that looks a lot different than saying, 
this is what I need to do this week. Maybe yours is three workouts for 30 minutes. It really doesn't matter what it looks like, but then those get scheduled and they are just part of your life. Like Katie, you were describing meal planning at the beginning of the week or cleaning out the kids' backpacks. Those things just happen. You aren't deciding whether to make them happen, right? And so I, I like that idea of weekly rhythms as those non-negotiables that you are well, going you nail- Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, like it's, it's the difference between strategy and execution. Like there's moments where we get into strategy mode. All right, what am I going to do for the next six months when it comes to workouts? You make the decision, mm-hmm. but then the execution part comes down weekly. How am I actually execute that this, this week? Where am I putting these tr- chunks of time? But if we sit down every Sunday and I mean, I, this might be a weird example, but go to Pinterest looking for exercises for the week. And all of a sudden we've somehow changed what we were doing. And now we're going to do Pilates for the next week. There's no, there's no structure. There's no strategy. There's no nothing, but we're changing our game every week instead of just executing. You guys, I'm smiling so big because this is exactly true. And it's exactly what so many of us do. Talk about food also, right? Yeah. If you are going to Pinterest every week to find new ideas for meals, you are setting yourself up for a much harder time making meals than you really need to be. That's not to say I don't ever go to Pinterest and get new ideas, but I have a master list of recipes that work for my family that lives on paper. This is something I lead folks through in my Clean Plates Happy Parents membership. They have a master list of recipes, and then I send out three dinner recipes per week. The reason I don't give more than that is because I think most of us probably can't cook dinner from scratch more times than that every week. That's not a statement on you. It just means you have other things you're doing. And so that master list becomes like, okay, well, if I'm making these three things, but I still need dinner on Thursday night and I have some time to make it, then maybe I'm just putting together some spaghetti and meatballs with some frozen cauliflower thrown in it, into it, right? You don't need a recipe. You don't need a Pinterest idea. You just need to make it happen. Yeah. And I mean, talk about how many times, how much money it's going to save you from like all those like random ingredients that Pinterest calls for. <laughs> it's so true. I really try not to call for random ingredients in my recipes and it's hard because you want to build flavor. But I often, when I was working at Whole Foods, people would come in and be like, oh my gosh, I'm buying the ingredients for this recipe and it's going to cost me a hundred dollars. And it's like, well, very few recipes cost a hundred dollars to make a reasonably sized portion. But if you are buying a bunch of spices you haven't used before, you're going to spend a bunch of money and you're taking the risk that your family might not actually like them. And so I, as a parent, have really come to appreciate things that I know my kids will like. That doesn't mean they'll always eat it because they're kids. They decide day by day whether they're going to eat something, but it means I trust. I know that as a parent, I've served them something that they have enjoyed before and they will reasonably eat. And that is worth just as much to me as having a new, delicious, innovative meal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is such a good conversation because this whole, like, I'm in strategy mode, I'm changing my plan. Like I see with my clients all the time. And if I'm being completely honest, this used to be me. Um, My husband would be like, wait, you're changing the plan again? What? Mm -hmm. I thought you decided to do this. And it's true. We make decisions to do things, but then we actually have to follow through and execute. So getting out of that strategy mode and actually turning into execution. And I think this is something 
that applies to health and wellness and business is if you are constantly changing the plan, then you're never making progress toward the end result that you could get. And I think in the day and age of quick fixes and all of these things, it's easy to think like, I'm two weeks into this Pilates workout and I don't have a six pack yet. I need to change the plan. And the answer is what you need to do is just continue showing up for like six more months. <laughs> and, then, and then there's always a chance to reassess. I, re I reassess in my business and my life every three months because I think that that's a reasonable amount of time to see results. But, oh, this is so good because what I hear you saying is that this decluttering of your mind is more about the execution stuff. The strategy stuff is a separate exercise that you do a lot less often. And then all of those actions actually feed into your strategy. Exactly. Yep. I would say I'm quarterly as well when I'm reassessing everything. And as far as my life goes, I mean, if something starts to be a trigger spot for us, if I'm noticing a lot of stress around mornings or stress around um, post-school or whatever it is, I will start to reassess. But just for me specifically, the way I live my life, it is quarterly. It goes with the school year. Summer's coming up. So there'll be a lot of changes there too. It's funny because two episodes ago, we were talking about decluttering your house and my co-host Emily was saying how you should set up your house to really work for you. And I think that that's like the perfect example is just because getting out of the house in the morning is hard doesn't mean you stop sending your kids to school. It means that you put the socks downstairs next to the shoes so that you're not constantly running up and down the stairs. Me, that's totally me. Um, instead of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? To use that um, phrase. And so I think like, health and wellness and business and really just life in general, all of this can follow that pattern is you can make tiny tweaks, but maybe you don't need to make as major of ones as you think you're making. And this brain dump can then help you make those tiny tweaks and also know when you come back to your strategy, like, all right, maybe it's time to change something bigger, but I'm not going to think about that right this minute. Yep, exactly. Cool. Do you have an episode on strategy setting? I think that might be, be helpful for these folks as well. Maybe we can link to it in the show notes. Dang, no. I need to create one, then I'll let okay. you know. <laughs> okay. When you have it, I'm going to share it on social media so that folks okay. can listen into how you set your quarterly strategy. Because I think like business, life, parenting, health and wellness, like all of this applies. And there's so much to this quarterly strategy setting that has to do with all of those things. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So if you had one thing that folks could walk away with from this conversation today to help declutter their mind and take more decisive action towards their goals, what would the one thing you would tell folks to do be? Oh, the one thing would be whether you're listening to this on a Sunday night or a Friday afternoon, start that list right this second and go ahead and get on your calendar a time when you're going to have a little date with yourself and go through and assimilate that brain dump. Okay. I love this so much. And I, my commitment from this conversation today is I'm going to put it on my phone in Evernote instead of trying to keep it on a piece of paper that doesn't follow me everywhere and ends up on like 12 different sheets of paper that I never know where they are. Yeah. So. yeah. And your people in your life will start to get a hold of this. Like my mom, she'll text me and be like, Hey, put this on your brain dump for next week. Or so she, smart. Yeah. Or she'll get a text Sunday afternoon that says, Hey, will you look into this? And she's like, are you delegating to me? <laughs> yes, mom, I am. Can you look into that please? <laughs> I love that. That's so amazing to have this common language for it. And I could see how if you're in a partnership with someone, how that would be really helpful as well to say like, we're not going to talk about this right now, but can you just like put it on your radar that we need to have this conversation and then have it at a time that actually makes sense and serves both yeah. of you. 
Yeah. It's, it flows over into like every area for me. Like my husband and I were going on a date night and we didn't plan ahead for the date night, but he was like, he asked, um, where do you want to go to dinner? And I said, I just want to go. I can't remember what I said. I think I said, I just want to go get cocktails first. Let's make that decision now. We'll figure out where we want to go to dinner when we're having cocktails. You know, it's just, I love it. I'll make that decision when it's time to make that decision. It just, just in time decision making, I guess is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's something I've been practicing a lot in my life. It's just like, if I don't need to worry about it right now, if there's nothing I can do about it, how can I let go of that and just focus on the here and now, having this conversation, being with my kids, eating this meal, whatever that looks like. Katie, thank you so much for bringing all this wisdom today. I love seeing the intersection of how getting clear on one part of our lives can lead into so many parts of our lives. And I think you just gave a beautiful example today of how much running a business or, you know, building a career can also relate to the things that we can do to be successful in health and wellness and as parents and so many other things in our lives. So if folks are like, I want to run a business and I need Katie's help, or maybe they're like, I don't run a business, but there was a lot of wisdom here and I want to hear more. Where can folks find you? So my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me over there at Katie Fleming with one M. Um, and then one kmom.com. But you know, weekly we're showing, we're sharing on the ambitious motherhood podcast tips like this and other ways other moms share motherhood and business and help that work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I am so honored to have you here week after week. And I look forward to talking to you again next Tuesday.